0: This is the podcast of North Church of God in St. Joseph, Missouri. Let's join Pastor David as he shares biblical truths and insights that will enhance your weekly Bible study. Happy Sunday. Sunday after Easter. Sunday after Easter. And uh, so if you've listened to the sermon podcast <laughs> you may have gone what we're supposed to be doing the words well, series look,
1: all right this is how it goes you have a plan <laughs> uh-huh. which is good sometimes you have to rework the plan <laughs> the first part of the week i was fully prepared to pick back up with the words series which we are going we to will. be doing Yep, um, it's coming we have not uh, abandoned that. There's still much that needs to be said and shared and taught. But about midweek, I just felt uh, like the Holy Spirit was leading, and and there was more to be said. We we could not just celebrate Easter and then move on. There were things that there were still things that needed to be reflected upon and emphasized. And so that's the direction we went today.
0: Yeah, which we kind of we kind of touched on this during our recap last week. And so I'm kind of glad that you picked up with it because I remember saying, you know, it wasn't like the ministry of the disciples ended mm-hmm. when Jesus ascended into heaven. You know, it wasn't like they were packing up and going home. Everything was just beginning for them. Yeah. And so, you know, we come around to celebrating Easter every year. And I think, and you touched on this today too, I think people are like, okay, that was cool, moving on. And, you know, what what you were talking about in this particular sermon was the fact that this should be something that we live and breathe, that it's a continuous truth Yeah. in our Christian walk.
1: We, we didn't talk about this in, in the sermon, but for those that might be interested, we looked at, a, at the opening verses of the book of Acts. Book of, the book of Acts is actually the second in a two-volume work by um, a writer named Luke. And you'll recognize that name if you look back at the four Gospels. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each of those four writers writes an account of Jesus' earthly ministry, his death and his resurrection, they, they were either eyewitnesses or collect eyewitness accounts, and they piece together these snapshots of Jesus' life so that we have a historical record. And so Luke writes volume 1, which is about Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection. But then he goes on to write the book of Acts, volume 2, for the very purpose that you just stated. The story doesn't end with Jesus going back into heaven. That's actually the beginning of the next chapter, which is the age of the church. And and we see throughout the book of Acts, now the disciples carrying on Christ's mission in the world and reproducing, in a sense, uh, the things that Jesus did and the things that Jesus taught and carrying the message forward. And even the book of Acts ends in a kind of open-ended way uh, with Paul finally making it to Rome, but yet we don't, we don't get to see sort of the end of Paul's story because the story continues. The, the tradition has been passed on from Jesus to the disciples and from the disciples to our ancestors and from our ancestors on to us, and we too should carry it on to our children and to the
0: world. So, you titled the sermon, Now What? Now What? Because we we had just gone through our Easter sermon, so we, we celebrated Easter, now what? Now what? Uh, so, Acts 1 is where you used your text this week, and you started from verse 1, and you talked about the danger of celebrating Easter is to treat it like it's something that happened in the past instead of an everlasting event. That we have to have the responsibility to take this faith now and live by faith. It didn't just, okay, it's over, and now we wait until next year to, you know, reacclimate ourselves to the re- resurrection. It's, you know, hey, this is a this is a good time to take this now and run with it. If you haven't already been, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of a spiritual reality and a practical reality when we talk about Easter should be an ongoing experience in our lives so uh, in a spiritual sense Christ is still alive and he is the risen Lord and that is true now for for Mm -hmm. all the remainder of, of time and of eternity and so we don't just celebrate that he came back to life, we celebrate that he is still
0: alive, yeah. alive.
1: And in a very real sense, the, the reason that certainly in our tradition, we gather on Sunday mornings for our worship services throughout the year is because Jesus came back to life on the equivalent of Sunday in the calendar then the first day of the week. And so in a very real sense, Every time we come together to worship, every Sunday, we're celebrating the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday is Easter and celebrating the risen Lord. But there's also a very practical thing that I'm trying to remind people of and warn people about is that, you know, here at the church, we have, um, and, and probably you in your own family, in your own home, we have these plastic containers and we store within those containers various holiday decorations uh-huh. and paraphernalia and so forth and and so you know a few weeks before easter i pulled out the banners and i pulled out the the decorations and i pulled out the signs right and then easter's over and so what do you do you pack everything back back up (laughs) you take it downstairs into the basement and you put it on a shelf that's great for decorations but i beg you don't do that with the truth and the reality of Mm. what easter is actually all about don't don't put it on a shelf and file it away and just wait until next year to pull it back out and let it impact your life.
0: Yep. Uh, throughout the process of the last couple of weeks, and even even when we were going through words, I feel like if you've been listening to this, these recaps, if scripture hasn't come alive to you, listen to them again because I. And going through even just the story of the resurrection, you see the proof is in the pudding. Like, you know, if if anyone had any doubt that Jesus died and was resurrected, you know, it's like I feel like these things that we're talking about should be putting those doubts to rest. And you had, you'd brought up the fact that you know in this in this uh, passage here, you have hundreds of people sharing in kind of the same experience and you said they can't share in the same delusion you know <laughs> yeah. if this wasn't true a lot fewer people would have been a witness <laughs> <laughs> but here you have hundreds of people that they weren't just hallucinating uh there was no confusion and you said there should be no confusion on our part jesus rose from the dead and you know, even just thinking about that, and I know I've said before, you know, you've got the Gospels that are written, and they basically tell different variations of the same story from the points of view of the writers, and that in and of itself to me is proof. Um, and so now you're talking about, here are all of these people that shared in this experience, and they can't all be just making it up. Um you know, that yeah, it was true. Yeah, I
1: mean, you, you, you can certain. I mean, maybe maybe they can make it up. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of people out there who believe they've been abducted by aliens. And but boy, what a what a thing to carry like years that. and years. <laughs> yeah, but but this is this is what I'm what I'm saying when I make those statements. And look, there are people who have done much more thinking and uh, can explain this much better than i can at this point and and you should read some of those folks lee strobel and others who are known as uh apologists christian apologists Mm -hmm. who have researched and and put the pieces together what what i'm trying to say or what i'm trying to communicate is that christianity is not And i didn't come over this but i love this sentiment christianity is not about blind faith Mm. It's not about just because I said this right. you should believe it and go along with it. There, there is evidence. evidence yep. There is, there are eyewitness testimonies. There, there is corroborating evidence from other historical sources. The decision that you have to make is not one on blind faith. The decision you have to make is how will I respond to this evidence. You know, will will I treat this as truthful and authoritative, and and reorder my life on this truth, or will I reject it for you know whatever reason, and 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 that's what you have. I mean think about the people who have seen all the evidence for the world being round and yet they still believe the earth is flat, <laughs> despite all the evidence, <laughs> they they have elected to reject yeah. it, and that certainly the the prerogative of anyone who is uh, either listening to this podcast or who is hearing the story of Christ, but uh, but I'm just trying to to encourage you, enlighten you that look, it, this isn't blind faith. Yeah, there 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 is evidence and a basis, but then that only goes so far. And then, yes, you have to take that final leap, right. you have to there take are that... things
0: that are unseen
1: exactly, and and things yeah. that are are not clearly understood, and so that's the point at which you have to take that final leap and say, okay, i I trust God, and I believe this not only this story but this reality, and I embrace it in my life.
0: Yeah. so then you talked about the fact that here are you know the followers of Christ's. Saying basically now what? Okay, what do we do? (laughs) Yeah. Because and I I feel like what's amazing is it wasn't an option. I mean it was an option, but not in their minds to just be like, okay, we're done. It's over. Well
1: so this is what happens at Jesus' death. You'll you'll remember uh if you read in the Gospel of John, you'll see that Peter went back to fishing. He didn't know what to do next. He as far as he was concerned his teacher had been crucified uh, and was murdered. And, you know, so we see, we see. Uh, and
0: that's a good point.
1: Yeah. He goes yeah. back, he goes back to what he knew. Um, and we see, we see other times where they're, you know, in a room, a locked room, fearing for their lives because the Romans killed their teacher and they just knew they were coming next <laughs> for them. And, and so. That is what happened when Jesus died. They, they were afraid. They were scattered. The only thing they knew was to go back to what they had always known. But Jesus' resurrection, when he comes back to life, yeah. and it all starts coming together, and now here's a truth they cannot deny, now they're shown there is another path. You don't just go back. Yeah. But there is a mission and there is a path forward and there is a calling on the life of every believer who will surrender to that calling. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a powerful thing.
0: There's a stark contrast because you you brought up like your favorite team winning the Super Bowl. And so what you're describing is like their favorite team lost the Super Bowl when Jesus died. And so they're yeah, they're mean, hiding even, under even a rock, that, like yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, hiding under a rock, like oh, I got to eat crow now, and I'm fearing for my life. Uh, but then the resurrection happens, yeah, and they see all of these things play out in the way that Jesus had said they would. I mean, they didn't fully understand it at first, and then it was like, oh,
1: I think I think uh, a better analogy might be in the. In I'm thinking of a movie where this was sort of the plot, but uh you go to the doctor and and he says, We've just discovered you have a terminal illness and you're gonna die tomorrow mm. and uh, you're you're distraught and you the depths of depression and all and then a couple of hours later or a couple of you know the next morning you get a phone call and they say, Oh, uh actually, there was a smudge <laughs> on the lens, and Psych. it turns out you you're gonna you're gonna I mean the joy that you would, yeah, relief, at your, at the relief mm-hmm. and the joy that you would feel. Um, maybe, maybe that's a little more akin.
0: Yeah, or you know, when you tune into our podcast thinking you're going to hear the word series today, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're pleasantly surprised by all the wonderful information we're sharing today uh-huh. that's not part of the <laughs> word series. You know, you did bring up the the Super Bowl analogy and. It, to me it is a good explanation of what we kind of go through even celebrating easter okay that was cool mm-hmm. all right and now back to normal life and you know i remember when the chiefs won the super bowl for the first time in years and years and years boy i was ecstatic and i dragged you to the the uh, celebratory parade yeah oh my god and goodness. we froze not to uh, death, but pretty close. Yes. And we all said, you know, uh, that's the last time we're doing that. <laughs> we checked that off the bucket list. But, you know, that experience did not change my life. hmm
1: mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's like, yeah, that was fun. Hoo-hoo, rah-rah. And then we went back to normal life. hmm And that's not... story of the resurrection
1: you know there was a meme floating around and and you showed it to me and um there's a lot of truth to consider about this someone was saying that as a pastor i'm committed to not being a drug dealer
0: Mm. and
1: what they meant by that is that um and that this relates to the caution with easter this relates to a caution in your approach to church and and to christianity If, if if you're not careful you'll You'll turn the Christian religion in into an opportunity to chase a high yeah. you, Quick you'll fix. you'll, you you'll go. go to church on Sunday. you'll get an inspiring message. You'll be riding high and feeling emotionally great. and then come Monday, Tuesday, life hits, your faith goes out the window and now you're you're you know under the under the bleachers for the rest of the week or whatever. And and so maybe you skip the next Sunday, a couple of Sundays, and finally you decide, man, life is so bad, I'm going to go back to church. You get that hit. You get that high. You sing the music. Everybody loves you. There's smiles. You feel so great. And then, look, that's not what Christianity is about. That's not what church is about. That, that, and that's certainly not what the Easter celebration should be about. It's about commitment. It's a fact that Jesus committed himself to us to the point of sacrificing his life. And even now, Scripture says he's standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding on, on our behalf. And, and so his commitment is firm and established and eternal. And he calls us to be committed to him through the highs and through the lows. And, and to be on mission. Living our life on purpose to bring Him glory, to become more like Him, and to prepare to meet Him again one day, and uh, um, so yeah, I mean it's great to have these sort of emotional highs, and it's great to have these celebrations, and it's great to have the the Super Bowl equivalent <laughs> in the church world it's not of, of change a great your Easter celebration, yeah. but but but. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. Yeah. let's focus on the truth of the gospel and on our mission,
0: yep, and so you said, you know Christ is alive now what well
1: <laughs> yeah there's
0: there's work to do now, which by the way, is a great question, right
1: you know it's a fair question, okay, this has happened now, what and it's the question i I think I said it this morning, you know if if you're a new believer if 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 this year you know the the Easter story finally shattered that wall around your heart. If it finally broke through the haze, if, if if you chose to become a Christian this Easter, and you're sitting here going, "Now what?" That's a great question, right? Because there is a whole life ahead of right. you and a whole journey that we call the Christian life, and you should be asking that question. I Means you I care hope enough. Yeah, yeah, and I hope it, it's a good sign that, that things have changed in your heart mm-hmm. and that you're set on a new path. And so I hope you have someone who can answer that question for you. I hope that you are part of a local congregation, a Christ-centered, Bible-based, Spirit-filled church that longs to answer that question for yeah. you, to what we call disciple you, to teach you and train you and guide you in this new way of life but it's also an important question for those of us who have been christians for many years we should continually be asking ourselves every day that we wake up we should be at now what what next lord what would you have me do today it's great whatever you've done in the past and let's celebrate that but if you're still alive there's still work to be done
0: there's that song that if i'm not dead he's not done Oh, I like that. And uh well he's not dead, so he's definitely not done. <laughs> yeah. So it keeps I like that. it keeps going. Uh, so you said you know, what is our response and our responsibility? There are five things that you're going to share. You shared three this morning. That's true. <laughs> yep. We had a cliffhanger. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I, I thought I put a little button on it with the three. But, yeah, there were two others I had in my notes, and that happens more often than you but would think.
0: But because we have this platform now, um, we can delve a little deeper. Um, and so listen through to the end, and we'll give you the last two. Sure. Yeah. So okay. stay, stay, stay with us here, and we'll give you the last two. Um, so the first one was to repent. Repent of your sins. And you talked about repenting is... The equivalent to changing directions to reorient and realign your priorities um so i mean that is like a great starting point
1: <laughs> yeah i mean re- repentance is is
0: Necessary.
1: Uh, is necessary for mm-hmm. the forgiveness of sins. Uh, ne- now we're quoting our the creed of yeah. our movement. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: but we, it, it, it's part of our creed because it, it's biblical. Jesus started his ministry on earth by calling people to repent, and then we see that echoed when Peter stands up in the book of Acts and in the opening chapters and says, "Repent to be saved." And, a, and again and again throughout the book of Acts, we see Peter and Paul and the other and the other uh, apostles calling on people to repent of their sins, which you know, what I was trying to communicate this morning is, is that faith, faith is a response to God's grace and mercy. It's a response to the truth uh, that is presented to us about being sinners and our need for a Savior. Okay, but that faith is not just intellectual, it's not just mental, it's not just uh, verbal, it's not just saying that I believe, but then it leads us to make changes in all of our beliefs and changes in our behavior. So so that one belief that now Christ is Lord and Savior should change the way we think about everything else in our life, where we go and, and... who we hang with and what we do and what occupies our time and where where we spend our affections and how we spend our money. I mean, nothing should be untouched. Nothing should be kept separate from our faith in Jesus and our claim that he He is our Lord. And by the same token, that then should change our behavior. So those things which are sin in our life, We need to abandon those sins Mm -hmm. and those things which uh, should draw us closer to God. We should race after, chase after the things that will draw us closer to God. And and so that's kind of more of what I was trying to talk about, that that repentance should be the natural response of one who has placed their faith in Christ.
0: And the ongoing response. You know, it's not... It's not just like we repent one time in our life and we're like, okay, we're good to go. It's like saying, you know, the first time you do wrong in your marriage and saying, you know, hey, I'm sorry for that thing that I did. And then never apologizing ever again for anything else you oh. do wrong. <laughs> okay. Like, I saying. already I already yeah, repented yeah, once. Wasn't right. that enough?
1: Look, I already apologized for leaving my socks on the floor. Yes. Can't you just, you know, ignore Take it all the future times? Take that apology forever? I, yeah. <laughs> Sure, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh
0: but it's not it's not like that and um even mature believers, even mature Christians should understand that we should that it should be an ongoing process of allowing God to check us. And then once we discover that thing, it's like okay, we need to stop and repent. And Well,
1: you know, sometimes repentance gets um equated with asking for forgiveness. <clears throat> but but and and you should ask for forgiveness when uh if and when you you do commit a sin and 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 that's brought to your awareness but but repentance is really the the follow up to the asking for forgiveness your heart posture yeah well your life posture oh, repentance yeah. mm-hmm. is it repentance is the commitment to not do that anymore and instead to embrace the right and holy things that point. that yeah. God says and so sometimes people Think, well, I asked for forgiveness and now I can just keep doing this thing right. as long as I ask for forgiveness again. No, repentance <laughs> is, no, stop that. Abandon that. Turn around and go in the direction that you're supposed and to And even go.
0: Jesus was like, go and sin no more. Go
1: and sin no more. Don't, don't keep Put doing that it. on a bumper sticker.
0: So the first one was repent. The second one was receive. And there are a lot of things that we're receiving When we come to Christ, you know, we're receiving forgiveness and freedom and righteousness. Um, But in this in this passage, too, there is a promise of power. Mm -hmm. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Um, And you talked about that power being the energy that makes things happen. And so if there was any indicator that there was something coming next, I would think that that would be it, because it wasn't like, You will receive power to go home and sit on your couch. (laughs) There's something else coming that you're going to need that power for. Yeah. To go and do the Great Commission, to do what God has mandated for us.
1: And in the context of the passage, Jesus connects the power of the Holy Spirit to being his witnesses. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. To, and what does a witness do? A witness testifies. A witness talks about the things that they have seen and heard. The th- a, an expert witness talks about that which they know mm-hmm. uh, through their study and through their personal experience. And and in this case, specifically, he's talking about the things that they have seen him do, the things they have heard him do, uh, his, his, again, his life, his teachings, his death, his resurrection, and all of the spiritual realities that he revealed to them, they were to boldly declare to the rest of the world. They were to carry on his call to repentance and carry on his his, uh, call to belief and to faith. And in seeing that modeled throughout the book of Acts, again, Luke's intention is to set for us even today that same pattern. That, that we are to carry on Christ's mission, that we are to be bold witnesses of, of his life, his death, his resurrection, uh, and that we are to follow the examples of those who have gone before us and set an example for those who will come after us uh, as to the faith that we are to proclaim and the lives that we are supposed to live and the promises in which we have placed our hope. And in the context of that passage, one of the great promises is the fact that Jesus is coming back one day. Yeah. And and so uh, there is much for us to receive because there is much for us to,
0: to do. do. And that, you know, this it got me to thinking. We went through a whole pandemic situation. Yes. And I feel like to some extent, some of us may have gotten – Stuck good word in in a quarantine of sorts, yes, uh, and so even- even down to church attendance, people are like listen i can I can watch church service at home, you know, uh, and so people got comfortable doing that. People began working from home more often uh they don't necessarily come in contact with people all that much uh, i mean i literally stopped going to the grocery store (laughs) i I could i could go through a whole week and not leave the house sure um but what i would challenge us to do especially in in these terms of there are things for us to do is to not get stuck in that mentality of i i'm so this suffices you know
1: yeah, we should
0: be going and doing. There is work to be done, and unless you're shut in because of health reasons, well, e- like e-
1: even then, look, Christians are by calling and by nature because of the spiritual transformation that we experience. We we are different. Mm -hmm. from the rest of the world Mm -hmm. that's the that's the teaching of the bible and and the expectation and the responsibility and the joy that comes from being obedient to that calling is is different than than anyone else in the world we we are called to be bold and -hmm. to be brave we are called the number of times it, it, it it's been said i think uh someone will have to check me on this 365 times in scripture. We're we're told do not be afraid. Mm. Okay. And, and not to say that everyone's making choices motivated simply on fear, but, but the idea is that regardless of our personal circumstances or regardless of the circumstances in the world, we are still under this call to boldly declare this call to go to and go. preach the gospel mm-hmm. th- this call to um to rise above the circumstances of our life to ensure that God is glorified and the message mm-hmm. of Christ is shared and so that calls for for boldness it calls for power it calls for sacrifice
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and it calls for consistency y- you and I were talking earlier in the week and and man this just it just got me because one of the ladies that we know uh from another state who has reached a a point in her life her husband passed away she's older now and we just learned that she was transferred to a um a senior living community mm-hmm. uh and it would not appear that she you know she, I don't know if she can't drive or she's got no other transportation cuz she hasn't been able to participate in her church she Mm -hmm. hasn't been able to go there and she was a she was a Sunday school teacher and she was a small group leadership very active she and her husband both
0: well very respected too like and
1: and and very respected Mm -hmm. and and i'm setting all of that up to say that now here she is in a situation where she is disconnected from her church family uh you know i don't know if they're visiting her that kind of stuff i certainly hope so um but she she is not able and she is disconnected and and even in her posts on Facebook, you can hear the kind of sadness and the loneliness. But I said all that to say this, and here's what humbled me and moved me. She posts about the fact that she is now in a new mission field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that she is doing whatever she can do in the place where she is, Mm -hmm. whether it's the other residents at the at the facility, whether it's the, uh, the caregivers and the nurses and the workers. But even though her situation has changed and she has become far more limited than she has in the past, she still sees the opportunity to be Christ's witness. Mm-hmm. She still sees where she is as a mission field with people who need to hear God's Word, either because they are lost and need to be saved or because they too are believers and they need to encourage one another.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing, like, I get it. The world is a scary place right now. You know, we see all of this stuff going on and uh, it would be tempting to feel alone. Yeah. Uh, it would be tempting to kind of, hide our heads in the sand a little bit if we don't see it it's not there right um but here here therein lies the promise in this receiving this power and you even said it yourself you don't have to do it by your strength alone yeah and so even though sometimes it may be feel lonely even so, sometimes it may feel scary to go and be his witnesses uh, he's promising help
1: here's the reality. You cannot do it alone. Exactly. If if it were even possible for you to live a righteous life in your own strength, if, if, if it was possible for you to be in right standing with God by your own strength, if it was possible for you to fulfill the will of God by yourself, there would be no need for Christ to have died. Yeah. yeah. Christ died precisely because you cannot do these things on yeah. your own. You need His strength. You need His power. And you need the Holy Spirit working in your life in order to be who God's called you to be and do what God has called you to do. Mm -hmm. And, And so not just should we receive from God, but we should seek. We should pray. We should ask, seek, and knock. That was Jesus' word in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Yeah.
0: I mean, I know sometimes too, it's like we go through that. Okay. I've peopled enough today. Oh, you know, goodness. like. You know, I saw that on a mug we, when we were at hobby yeah, lobby. I have peopled enough and I'm done now. And, you know, sometimes, it, sometimes we just get tired. Sure. That's um, true. And I had an experience, you know, we we had the uh, uh, women's retreat a couple weeks ago and we came to the end of the service and I was standing in the back like I was supposed to be selling t-shirts, right? Like completely unspiritual thing to be doing at the time. <laughs> okay, go on. In, in a crowd like that, because I, I'm i sort of have a little bit of an introverted tendencies. Yeah. In, in crowds like that, I sort of have a tendency to like, be a wallflower and be a spectator you know right right and uh the the service was over they had had a a altar call and people had responded to the altar call and i'm standing in the back you know selling t-shirts and a woman came up to me and she was like you know hey are you part of this the prayer force team or whatever, you know, they had like a team of people prayer force. prayer force. I think it was called something like <laughs> I that, like it. but they had like a team of people yes, that were yes. there to, to pray right for, sure. for people. And that it wasn't a team I was a part of, but when she came up and asked that, I was like, no, but I can be, you know, yeah. like, oh, love you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I can pray. Yeah. Um, but I remember at that time, even saying that, I, I kind of like caught myself cause I was like, man, I'm supposed to be selling t-shirts. So, you know, like <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean, it was the wrong, the wrong way of thinking. Sure. You know, but in that moment it was like, okay, I, I despite how I feel mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. human form, I need to be available for God to use me even when i feel tired and and even when i feel like i've peopled enough what a privilege right to be used
1: of the lord absolutely what 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 a joy uh absolutely i get what you're saying because lord knows i i know what it's like to feel drained Mm -hmm. and to feel uh uh empty and to feel like i've got nothing left Mm -hmm. to give but but then there are those moments when uh man you get to see god gives you a glimpse Mm -hmm. of how he's used you and and how you get to be a part of what god is doing in somebody else's life and it's a powerful thing it's a powerful thing yeah i mean so
0: i prayed for her yeah you know she shared she shared her need with me and i prayed for her um and she was very very thankful you know just thankful that somebody Took the time to pray for her. And that was when I realized, you know, sometimes it's just taking the time. Jesus did it all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would turn his attention to whoever, you know, at any point. And I can't even imagine how draining that would be in a physical sense. But when we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit to go and do, that means we can put our flesh aside mm-hmm. and allow the spirit to take over and to carry us through that's what we need to do we have to rely on the holy spirit especially in those times when it's like we've come to the end of ourself mm-hmm. you know um, and that happens a lot so i thought that was g- great repent receive and number three was resolve uh, to determine to set your mind uh, on a fixed course of action to keep going forward and boy that that keeps us from being stagnant cuz if we don't have any resolve we'll just be like okay i'm going to resolve to sit here <laughs> you know, yeah like?
1: yeah it it keeps us active Yes. it keeps us consistent it keeps us moving forward um you know the opposite of of resolve is is, is to be wishy-washy uh the opposite of resolve is to be a flip flopper yeah. and a double talker uh to be one way one day and and a different way another day and uh, be uncommitted, and and that's not what we're called to be as Christians. Again, Christ models this for us. One of the the most powerful images and verses for me uh, is, um, I'm trying to think if it's in, I think it's in Luke's Gospel, where it says that uh, Jesus knew he was going to die, and the time had come, and so he sets his face towards Jerusalem. And it's that image of determination that, that, he, has, that he has wrestled. We, we see him in the garden wrestling with his father, Lord, if there's any way for me to accomplish this mission without having to suffer and go through the torture and, and, and go through the separation and death. You know, if this cup can pass for me, but not my will, yours be done. And then he sets his face towards Jerusalem. To, to go where he needs to go, to do what needs to be done, to carry the mission to completion. Mm-hmm. And so also then he, he looks at us and calls for us to be resolute and to be determined and to be committed to this thing we call the Christian life.
0: Yeah, because knowing what you need to do and resolving to do it are two very different things. Yeah. I yeah. can know... Right. That in order for me to be healthy, uh, I need to change my eating habits.
1: Oh, you had to go there.
0: <laughs> probably, you know, add yep. some exercise. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. But
0: until I resolve to do it and mm-hmm. follow through on that commitment,
1: yeah,
0: it's not going to get me anywhere.
1: <laughs> there's, uh, there's this great scene in in The West Wing, uh, which we we can talk about. Whether anyway, there's this great scene <laughs> in The West Wing uh this whole episode where it's all about the president martin sheen is playing the character and it flashes back to him as a teenager in prep school and it's flashing forward to him as president he's got this big decision he's got to make is he going to run again is he not going to run again If you haven't watched the west wing spoilers are coming okay but what's nice what they play off is that he has this tell that it's part of his character that he wrestles and he goes back and forth and he struggles between the tension of you know making the decision and everything but they they in the flashbacks they show that once he puts his hands in his pocket and turns his head off to the side he's made his decision Mm. and so there's just this great moment as the music swells and there's a thunderstorm and he comes in from the rain and he walks up to the podium and the reporters are all there (laughs) and he's got his hands up on the podium he says ask the question and sir are you gonna are you gonna run again and he just takes his hands off the podium puts his hands in his pocket turns his head off to the side and as a viewer you know what everybody else that's closest (laughs) to him knows he's made up his mind Right. And it's just that image—that image of resolve, that image of determination, that mm-hmm. image of "I have set my course and come hell or high water, this is the direction we're
0: going." Yeah. yeah. So,
1: are you? Uh, have you? Do you have that resolve, Christian?
0: Right. Right. Are you? That's are my you, question. Are you yeah. ready to be committed? Yeah. At all costs.
1: And 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 in the context of the, of the passage that we looked at. You know Jesus is telling them, "Don't go back. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, uh, um, don't go back to business as usual. Don't yeah. go back to your old life. Don't go back yeah. to your old way of life. Set your eyes forward. I've given you a mission. I am sending you forth. I am giving you the power to do what you need to do. Now do it."
0: Yeah. All right. So that was three: repent, receive resolve it's number four pray do tell <laughs> so bad we
1: kept going
0: <laughs> number four would have been ready ready ready
1: yourself okay okay so the closing uh verse in the passage we read and we have these two men in white robes who we assume are angels um even though the text doesn't use that that term you know, they say, um, why do you stand here gazing up in heaven? Because they see they, they see Christ rise up into heaven, riding on a cloud, and then he he disappears. He goes goes back home, as it were. And they say, Why why do you stand here gazing up in heaven? Do you not know that, that Christ will one day return just as he left?
0: In manner. Mm-hmm.
1: And and so there is from that moment on throughout the rest of the New Testament. There is this sense of expectation. There is this need to ready ourselves, to prepare ourselves for the soon coming return of Jesus Christ. Now, now, some who scoff would say, well, it's been over 2,000 years. When's he coming back? But we're reminded again and again in both the Old and the mm-hmm. New Testament that from heaven's perspective, from the divine perspective, a thousand years is like a day.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, in in whether that's poetic or whether that's mathematical, you know, from heaven's perspective, Christ's been gone
0: eh, two days. Well, think <laughs> about.
1: Know?
0: Let's think about how long it took to for him to be born in the first place.
1: Yeah, yeah, but in, in six thousand years mm-hmm. or twenty thousand years, whatever you number you want to say, yeah. we can have that conversation all day long. But but remember Jesus' own teaching about this, that when he returns, it will be like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. You won't have enough time to... to look, a lot, of, a lot of folks are preppers, and, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. and that's a great thing. And they sort of talk about having a go bag, and when an emergency happens, you know, you're ready to... I love that
0: to, stuff. Know. So awesome.
1: You're ready to grab your bag and run and all that stuff. Look, you won't even... When Jesus comes back, there will be no indication other than you know you're in a time and a season, but no man knows the day or the hour. You know, they, the disciples, again, in our passage, they ask him, you know, are you going to restore Israel? He says, look, you, you don't have clearance for that information. <laughs> Only the Father, by his authority, determines those things. And, and so there's this sense that, you know, as, as um, much as you think you can put things off to the last second, You don't know when the last second's gonna be. You don't know when your last second is gonna be. You don't know when your last breath is gonna be. So we are called to live in a constant state of readiness, Mm -hmm. keeping ourselves ready, but also preparing others, preparing our children, preparing our loved ones, preparing the world by sharing the message of Christ keeping Easter alive, keeping uh, the things of God ever in front of us, that that was going to be number four, that we are to ready ourselves and continually be about this work.
0: And here's the thing, too, about readying ourselves. People that are not of the faith will think you are crazy. Sure. Uh, they for, think preppers are crazy they and th- that's exactly where I, where I was going they'll think preppers are crazy until yeah. it you know the you have to be prepared
1: so I, I to um i was looking at this uh this medical report and they were showing these these scans sort of cross sections of, of people's thighs and and what they showed was like a a 20 year old athlete and you could see the, the muscle, musculature, and there was like very little fat and all. Mm-hmm. And then they showed like a 60-year-old person who didn't really do much exercise. And there's all these fat layers, and there's very, just a very thin layer of muscle around the bone. But then they show like this 65-year-old athlete, someone who has continued working out mm-hmm. from the time they were 20 until the time they were 60. And man you could barely tell the difference Mm -hmm. it was the same uh thick musculature very little fat around the 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 muscle and and strong bones and all this other kind of stuff and 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 that's the concept i think that we're talking about here where you know why do we go to church every sunday Mm -hmm. why do we read through the bible year after year again and again why, why do we gather together in groups and, you know, we're continually talking through our life and how, how does our faith affect our life? And why do we keep over and over talking to our unsaved loved mm-hmm. ones, even though it's been 10 years to trying to get yep. them to come to church or trust Jesus as their Savior? Why do we say these prayers over and over again, not to be repetitious, not to be ritualistic? The New Testament is very clear. Don't do it just because it's a ritual. Don't mm-hmm. do it just because a vain repetition will get you nothing with right. God. No, we're doing it because like the lifelong athlete, we need to stay spiritually fit. Mm-hmm. We, we need to stay uh, in in a strong and healthy spiritual condition. And we need to keep our minds sharp. And we need to keep growing. And we need to keep learning. And we need to keep readying ourselves. Yeah for everything that God has planned for mm. our lives.
0: Listen, those preppers out there that had been stockpiling some toilet paper.
1: <laughs> yeah. When COVID <laughs> hit, they were like, see,
0: <laughs> y'all thought we were nuts. Uh, but we have toilet paper and you don't.
1: Yeah, and some unscrupulous folks were making bank too. Oh to my Trying to sell goodness. rolls of toilet paper oh, for $100 goodness. a piece. But that just
0: goes... You, people may think you're crazy and that's okay because when the when the time comes uh-huh they'll be like you're ready there you you're go prepared sure all right, so repent receive resolve ready you said there were five
1: there were five that's true what's
0: the fifth one and
1: and, and by the way, just to give you a little uh uh, one of the things we do sometimes as preachers, because alliteration is a, is a literary technique. Mm-hmm. There are times when I will sit down with a thesaurus <laughs> or a dictionary <laughs> and I'll turn to the letter, like in this case, R, and I'll just go down the list and I'll, and I'll write words on a sheet of paper that I think could be
0: refitting.
1: And so when I was prepping for the prepping for this <laughs> message, Readying myself to give this message, I I think I started with a list of like twenty five <laughs> words, and then you got to go back through them and sort of whittle it down because again, it it does have to come out of the passage and it does have to come out of the context of scripture. Right. You can't.
0: You're not just using them to be clever. Yeah,
1: yeah, but hopefully something of it, you know, it helps it helps it stick a stick, little better. Yeah. Okay. So, but the last R that I that I came up with was reap R E A P to mm. reap. Mm-hmm. And, and this is uh, this is a, a farming word, mm-hmm. this is, and this is a word that gets used a lot um, in the Bible, and especially in the New Testament. So we talk about sowing, and we talk about reaping. Sowing is that part of the farming process where you are planting seeds. Uh, you're tilling up the ground, you're getting the ground prepared to receive the seeds, you're planting the seeds, whatever it is, corn or uh, wheat or uh, um, vegetables of some kind. And so, and so there's, there's a clear sowing that all of us as Christians are called to do. We're, we're, we're called to uh, pray prayers, to intercede for people, to share the gospel, to speak the truth. And all of these things, the Bible uses the imagery of Mm sowing, that you're planting these ideas, you're planting these seeds Paul talks about this in one of his letters that he planted and another watered and God gives the, the
0: increase. increase.
1: Yeah. And, and that's a wonderful recognition that even if we're not seeing the response that we hope for from someone, we're still sowing seeds. We're still planting seeds. Jesus uses this imagery in one of his parables, the parable of the sower mm-hmm. who goes out and some of the seed falls on bad ground and it doesn't produce, but some of the seed falls on good ground and it produces. And that's certainly our hope and our prayer, that that all of these efforts that we are making will produce life-changing results. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think too often that's where we stop, is just on the sowing. And and we sort of um, give ourselves the excuse, well, I sowed some seeds, or I've done what I can do. And we kind of give ourselves permission to to stop at a certain point,
0: mm.
1: in instead of carrying on to um, actually reaping. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is a difficult. There's there's a difficult balance here because we cannot produce results. We're not responsible for results. God is the one who gives the increase. But it's very easy to miss this when you go back, Matthew chapter nine. It talks about how Jesus went throughout Israel preaching about the kingdom of God, healing the sick, how he had compassion on all those that he came across. And then he says this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the The workers are are few. few. Mm -hmm. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send workers. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing we can miss about that. He says, the harvest is plentiful. Mm Mm-hmm not that we need a bunch of people to plant seeds which we do
0: yeah.
1: but he says there are so many out there who the lord has already prepared mm-hmm. as a harvest that what the lord wants is workers to go and reap the harvest mm-hmm. and so if you if you get discouraged uh because the 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 two or three people that you've been focusing on are are not responding the way you want. God bless you for focusing on those people and keep folks don't give up on them. But don't stop with those yeah. two or three.
0: Cast a wider net. <laughs> Cast a wider
1: net. Look, it means you may have to step out of your social circle.
0: Yeah.
1: It means you may have to go and meet some new people. It means it may mean you need to go and and into some places you don't normally go. Uh, maybe you need to eat at a different restaurant. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to shop at a different store. Maybe you need to um, talk to the other side of your relatives that you don't get <laughs> together with all that often. I I Don't just settle uh, for sowing seeds in the same field that you've been sowing in for 10 years. Yeah. The harvest is plentiful. There There are already many people out there, even in our city, who God has prepared their hearts. He's been working on them. He's been calling them. He's been, he's been tilling up the ground mm-hmm. and breaking up the rocks and fertilizing the soil. And, and perhaps the Lord is waiting on you to be the one to come and harvest and to reap. Yeah. We, we see the disciples being obedient to Jesus' instruction. They remain in Jerusalem. You keep reading in the first chapter, chapter 12, it says they gather together, they pray. It says in the beginning of Acts chapter 2 that they receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter stands up and he preaches this message in in front of thousands and he says, you know, you killed Christ, but God raised him from the dead. And, And there were those within the crowd who resisted there were those within the crowd who rejected the message but there were those who cried out what must I do to be saved and Peter tells them repent be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ you uh, you know believe upon him you shall be saved and you shall receive this promise of the And and the Bible says 3,000 people that day were added to the church mm-hmm you're thinking, well, look, I don't want to preach to thousands, and certainly 3,000 aren't coming to Christ. Well, God said the harvest is plentiful. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers. That means
0: you. You, yeah. Well, it's kind of, you know, three years ago, we uh, took on the, the task or the hobby at the time of planting a garden. <laughs> first time I've ever done anything like that we had a friend uh, talk us into it we had the had the land out here we didn't plant the seed you know somebody had a plant that they had already somebody yes. else had propagated it right it was we just stuck it in the really? ground good
1: word propagate well
0: uh, and uh, you know my my fear was oh man are we gonna be able to keep these things alive in it it came down to uh rain <laughs> you know yeah, <laughs> plenty of it came came down to the rain and honestly i had no i had no gifting or experience in gardening but what i did discover is eventually something would grow and if i didn't go out there and pick it off of the plants yep it would fall to the ground or a bird would come snatch it up or squirrels in our case would like to get in our tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Insect. And man, we could go out there and bring in a a five gallon bucket of produce. And sometimes I didn't feel like it. You know, sometimes it was like, man, it's work to go out there and pluck this stuff off of the plants, even though all the work had already been done you know the the garden was there and it we just needed to go out there and pluck off the produce and that's kind of the equivalent here like don't uh wait you know cuz you you have no idea at what point that might expire you know like when time runs out it runs out mm-hmm. and so you know i learned real quickly that if i if i wanted to reap a harvest in a in a natural sense, I needed to go out there and do it.
1: Kind of goes back to your tired of peopling sort of yes, thing, you know. Yeah. And here's this person asking for prayer, and so do you let the pitch go by? Do yeah. you beg them off to somebody else, or or do you step up? Yeah. You know? um, we don't really have time to go into this now. Maybe in another episode, but but I think there are people perhaps in your life who are experiencing a spiritual hunger or a spiritual Mm -hmm. thirst and they're not they're not clear about how to satisfy that jesus says they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be be filled filled. because he is the one that fills us but but all of us at one time you know, needed someone else to point us in the right direction, needed someone else to share the truth with us, needed someone else to be bold enough and courageous enough. to, to You're hungry, you're, you're curious, you're thirsting, you, you need more out of life. Let me, I know the way, let yeah. me show you the way. And so if this is a thought that we can kind of leave people on, you know, do share the gospel with anyone and everyone. Uh, but, pray that the Lord would give you eyes to see an opportunity to cross paths with someone who has who is showing evidence mm-hmm. of some kind of spiritual hunger they're they're asking questions about god they're they are dissatisfied in their life because they're beginning to realize there's more to this life than just the pleasures of the world or the distractions of the world you know, and maybe they weren't raised in a Christian home. Maybe they were, and they're considering going, but maybe they got kids. Look, I'm, the Lord can lead you, mm-hmm. but but will you be observant enough to recognize those things, and then bold enough to step into that situation mm-hmm. and and to ask permission? Hey, what, can I tell you about my faith? Can mm-hmm. I tell you about Christ? Can I can I you know offer this to you? Who knows, but that they might say yes and someone's life might be transformed.
0: So, repent, receive, resolve, ready, and reap. There you go. Those are the five. All the R's for you. Uh, (laughs) Next week, (laughs) unless something else happens, we'll be returning to our words series.
1: (sighs) That's the plan. Lord can do whatever He <laughs> wants to do, though. I, I serve at the pleasure of God. <laughs> there you go.
0: I, you know, I'm glad that we took the time for this because I think too that it's it's a great reminder to some of us that you know have been Christians for a long time uh, that hey, you know, th- this time of year may come around once every year, but that doesn't mean our work here is done, right. and it doesn't mean that God's done. And so, uh, and it's also a really, really great way of helping new believers that have just come to Christ and say, okay, here's what's next. And the disciples were kind of in the same, in the same boat. Um, And so I hope that y'all have found this as, um, as helpful as I have. And we will go into this week, you know, readying ourselves. With new resolve. I'm going to be using the R words all time. There you go. There I'm going to see how many That's times how I can and filter them into my uh, daily speech.
1: Oh, I, we, I mean, you've you got to rejoice and relinquish. <laughs> and...
0: Listen, you're already ready with like, what, 25 of these R words? Yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're locked and loaded. I'd have to take
1: all some
0: right. time to, to figure it out. Will you close this out and a word of prayer?
1: Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your grace and for your mercy that came to us through the life, the death, and the ministry of your Son, Jesus Christ. As your word says, you loved us first. And so our love is a response. Our love is a response to what you have done for us and what you are calling us to. I pray that you would bless every listener. That you would guide them and lead them by the power of your Holy Spirit. To be all that you call them to be and do all that you call them to do. And I pray that even in the days that are to come, that you would bless them with an eye to see the hunger and thirst of those around them. Let them be able to share with those the, the water of life, the bread of life that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. This we pray in his name. Amen.
0: Amen. And we'll catch you next week. Next week. Have a good one. North Church of God is located in St. Joseph, Missouri. For more information, go to northcog.com. That's N-O-R-T-H-C-O-G dot com.